da 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 You sound insane. You realize that? Oh, yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Hello, and welcome to another fabulous edition of the Mad About Movies podcast. My name is Brian Gill, and I am joined by my beautiful, wonderful, illustrious co-hosts, Kent and Richard. How are you, boys? I'm good. Fabulous and beautiful are subjective terms, though, right? Mm-hmm. That's how I cool. feel about both of you. Yeah. So. Uh, we are the fabulous Baker boys, and that'll come <laughs> in later. hey I like When it. I go on a nice tangent on Jeff Bridges. <laughs> no idea what I'm you're good, talking about man. right now. You don't know the fabulous Baker boys? You ever seen that movie? Oh, Michelle yeah. Pfeiffer, Bo and Jeff Bridges, they're piano classic. players. It's a classic, Kento. No, I have not. Oh, well, it's definitely well, worth I, your time. Head over to actually, your it's a very good tonight. movie. Yeah, definitely. Peak Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is. So we're here tonight. Uh, we're going to be doing. We're going to be talking a little bit later. Richard and I, anyway, are going to be talking about bad times at the El Royale. Very interesting Drew Goddard movie. So uh, if you're if you're here for that, stick around till about the middle of this episode, and we'll start the review portion. We'll be joined by a guest to do that. But before we start, we always like to uh, kick our episodes off each week with a uh, little movie news, rumors, and rumblings to kind of get us through the first 30 minutes of this show to kind of just touch on what's uh, what's new in Hollywood. What's gotta going stay on in this? Gotta stay hit. This, that's right. This old industry that we love. This this industry we call show business. I have. Three... I was going to say, by the industry, you of course mean <laughs> Yes, exactly. I have three very important news items that I would like to, to yeah. uh, talk with you fellows about today. Mm. Um, let's start Brian, with... Brian, if, yes. if I must interrupt, yeah. I want to throw a little teaser out here. Do it. I'm gonna I tease. love teasers. I'm going to tease a big show announcement next week. Next week, man. I'm so excited for this big show announcement. I don't know what it say is, it's but I'm excited about it. Wait, am I getting fired? <laughs> yeah. We're next, finally replacing you with Adrian. Yeah, next to us getting, hey, getting, tough, uh, but fair. getting a uh, restraining order from Wondery. Uh, this is the second biggest announcement <laughs> in the uh, in the history of the show, um, and it's happening next I love week. It. And we were going to do it this week, but we wanted to wait a week until everything was all confirmed and good, right? Right. And um, and so that will be happening next episode. So um, stay tuned for that. Yeah. And good. To, let's just say good times happening at the uh, Mad About Movies. Uh, it's awesome. Mad about job, movies in space. <laughs> it was a bad times yes. at the El Royale joke, Richard. Come on, you, I stepped on it. I'm sorry. I okay. liked it, but I yeah, liked it. I'm excited. Yeah, and um, very big stuff that. around yeah, here. Big, yeah. big, big announcement next week. So that's the teaser. Very exciting. Very exciting. So, so come back next week. We'll be talking about, I believe, Bohemian Rhapsody will be our episode next week. So check out that episode in a, in a week or so, and and get that awesome, cool news that we're uh, that we're very excited about. But, Which uh, verse of Bohemian Rhapsody will be <laughs> the whole song? It's like an eight minute no. song. I don't know how many. Can like we just do the beginning? Our, yeah. Can we do our review uh, in like? that voice can we can we do the, the singing can we, i see the, a little silhouette i <laughs> really did it wasn't real, that great like but he Remy was Malik in this role <laughs> brian singer brian singer is a pretty creepy guy Yo. <laughs> uh i like it I'm, I'm gonna work on that i'll, I'll write uh, i'll write a script for us to do you know i love yeah Queen, it's probably best way. you write it because i could go <laughs> no <laughs> we'll release richard's cut on Patreon. Uh, so look out for that. <laughs> look out, Kevin Spacey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So, okay, I have three very important movie news items. I'm excited to talk about them all with you, and I always hope that I'm breaking news to at least one of you. So we'll we'll see how this goes. Uh, let's start with the thing. <laughs> let's start with the least, to me, the least interesting piece of movie news, but um, should make for good content. So Aaron Sorkin is writing and directing a movie about the Chicago 7, uh, which is a very famous group of activists in i believe 1968 that yeah. uh were tried and prosecuted for it's been in the works uh, for a long time right? it has it used to be a spielberg project at yeah. some yeah. point uh it was like spielberg and will smith a few years ago and it's kind of been because i have around. the uh abby uh oh gosh the chicago Seven. Abbey road i want to I want to say Abby uh, Abby Cornish for some reason, which is it's Abby Hoffman. He wrote mm-hmm. "Steal This Book," which is you guys have is always faced out on my shelf, mm-hmm. and everyone always goes, oh, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna steal it." And I always go, "Yeah, it's the point. You can take it." And they never do. Shows my hippie credibility, yeah. though. Bunch of losers. Um, but I think Sasha Baron Cohen was going to play him for a long time in the Spielberg one. Too. Yeah, Sasha Baron Cohen is still attached to play oh, okay, something cool. in this. I'm not. Yeah, sure. it'll be Abby Hoffman. Be Hoffman. He okay. Yeah, the lead now, the leader, at least the leader of the Chicago Seven activists now is rumored to be. I believe was this has gone beyond rumored. It is now fact. Again, Aaron Sorkin right directing. Uh, the lead in this movie will be Eddie Redmayne. They've announced today. Oh, Mal- so I guess he's playing. Yeah. Gr- Grindelwald or Newt Gingrich <laughs> or whoever it is. Gosh, I'm so excited for Fantastic Beasts and making Kent. I know. I actually it came to the realization so the other day because I have PlayStation View now. Like I, I have had it for the past, like ever since the football season started. So uh-huh. I invested in that for the season, and Smart. I'm actually having to watch commercials now. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a beating. I forgot about that. <laughs> I stopped doing that for about two years, and then. Um, so yeah, so saw the trailer for that, and then the realization of like, oh man, we probably actually have to review that movie. Uh, yeah, came on to me, and I was immediately turned off my TV and went into my room and cried. So <laughs> we've got we've got a good guest lined up for that one. I don't know if we talked to you about this, Kent. Uh, Richard and I want to do the Harry Potter movies next year, like one a month for eight mm-hmm. months. And we want we want you to watch and join us in review of said movies. I think that'd sure. be a big hit with the listener and i actually think you would enjoy the movies i, so I think i would too i have nothing movies. against the movies i it's yeah. literally just i have not seen them that's it that's it i'm sure they're fine and i would like them and they're the genre is right up my alley and all that i just it's just I haven't gotten around to it so yeah, i got you I'm excited. well there's a tease for uh yeah. th- starting three months from now look forward to that listener any yeah. Redmayne will be playing the lead in a sorkin movie which seems very odd to me because I can never understand anything that he says on screen. He's so quiet all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, those are normally talk. pretty action-oriented scripts. <laughs> right. So yeah. It's basically Michael Bay, uh, as I've always – this the poor man's Michael Bay, uh, Aaron Sorkin. Um, yeah, that's that was kind of a bummer. I'm excited for Chicago 7. I've been looking forward to that story coming to the screen. I don't like Eddie Redmayne so very Aaron much. Aaron Sorkin is so directing kind it? of a bummer. He's writing, directing, yes. Just okay. like, uh, just like the, uh, Molly's Jessica's game. game or Molly's game. <laughs> Molly's yeah. game, yeah. Jessica yeah. Chastain's in it. That's why I said Right, Sorry. right. So that's what's headed our way. I assume this shoots sometime next year, and then I don't I don't think it's coming out next year. I think it's a 2020 release. But uh, yeah, cool. anyway, that's, that's the big Aaron Sorkin news of the day. And I enjoyed mm. all of the internet talking about how Eddie Redmayne is very quiet and that dialogue will be very strange coming off of his lips um second news item i'm super pumped about this super pumped i know richard is too uh i hope you are i know what you're referring to 
so I'm so excited. I know about what you're this. referring to uh, the fact that Mr. Feeney beat off a robber in uh, <laughs> at his house at age 91. Careful, he's scared off. Uh, he's scared, scared off. Scared off a robber. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. The other thing that is was that, cool. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, let's go there. Sure. Let's let's talk that. First of all, um, I just all news outlets. How dare you start off a tweet about our dear beloved Mr. Feeney, William Daniels, by saying? breaking william daniels 91 dot 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 like immediately your first thought is oh no mr feeney died this is the worst day oh that's i, I seriously started to read it and i was about to cry and then it's yes a, same here same punches here. I was a driving. robber in the face i was so I'm mad like, oh. i was so mad i was driving thankfully and a friend and i never check my phone while driving ever it's uh, a big thing that I'm, I'm all about i never look at my phone i didn't see his a friend texted me i didn't see his initial t- text because it was holy crap, Mr. Feeney died. And then by the time I actually looked at the text, he had recanted his false, his fake news, false story and said, no, it's just, sorry, I misread. It's not. And I was like, dude, you can't, you can't do that. You can't put that out there. But yes, several news outlets reported that horribly, but yes, Mr. Feeney, William Daniels, age 91. So age 91 should be American treasure. We need to make him American treasure. Um, he, he apparently confronted and scared off, a robber attempting to burglarize his home this morning and, uh, and sent the police chasing after him. Um, that you get American treasure status just for that. Yeah. If you're 91 and you're, you're chasing dudes off after (laughs) having given us seven years of lectures and helping us get through teenage years, I feel like that automatically qualifies you for American treasure status. So, um, I'm, I'm willing to, to vote him. I knew that we we had to bring that up on the show. We could not, yeah. Anything boy meets world is required to be, yeah, got to bring that up. Got to bring that up. And our friend Bryce tweeted that he was pretty sure the robber was uh, Linda Cardellini, which mm-hmm. I, of no. course. No, she's course. she has a successful career. What's Danielle Fischel up to, by the way? <laughs> Topanga, you know her? What's Just she up to? Occupying my heart. Um, <laughs> how dare you? How dare you speak nicely of Linda Cardellini? <laughs> She knows what she did. We'll never forgive her for that. And, uh, you know, I think that's well-deserved. I think it's well-deserved. Uh, yeah, so shout-out to news outlets that reported this horribly and made us think that Mr. Feeney died. and crushed all instant clickbait for every yeah. millennial. There. All right, moving when on. When that does happen, Rich and I have talked about this previously, um, we're going to hold a – we will hold a wake for Mr. Feeney. <laughs> Hopefully in 30 years. So get ready. Get ready for that. Last bit of movie news. I'm super pumped about this. Uh, can't. I'm excited to get your thoughts on this because Richard and I have talked about it ad nauseum uh, over the last uh, few weeks. Are you familiar with, with uh, John McAfee, the guy who created oh, yeah. McAfee Security System? Do you know how crazy he is and everything? Yeah, like, yeah. Lives in Former the jungle. presidential candidate. <laughs> right, <John McAfee>. yeah. <laughs> Actually, one of the coolest ads of the 26 campaign was his. It was really good, I thought. He's yeah, definitely. He's a if you don't know who he is, software tycoon. Uh, yeah, he's a software tycoon. He created McAfee uh, security. That if you don't have Norton antivirus, you probably have McAfee antivirus. When antivirus is, is antivirus still a thing? I don't know. But uh, really. that was the that was the big one for for a while, or the second biggest one for. A while. Anyway, he's super crazy, and you need to if you don't know his story, you need to Google him and just see how he's like living in the jungles and non-extradition countries and stuff like that. He's, he's insane. They're making a, uh, a movie about his life because it is such a crazy life. And Michael Ke- American treasure, Michael Keaton is going to play John McAfee in this, uh, in this movie. And I, I could not be more excited about that. Gosh, who's writing it. 
That I am not sure about. I'll, I'll look uh, it up. I know, yeah. I looked, I should know this. I'm sorry, Brian. That's exciting. Regardless. Um, the yeah, Keaton Assange continues. in it, too. Is he? Oh, it's uh, Glenn Ficarra and John. Yeah, uh, it's, the, uh, the Bad Santa Bros. Yeah, cr- crazy stupid love guys. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. That's Very exciting. Interesting. So Very is he going to go into? Didn't he go into like exile or like run from the police and he move to Mexico or something? Yeah, he's in. Uh, he's in. Yeah, look. Bolivia. This is the tagline. Belize. Yeah, this is the tagline. Belize. For the there you go. The story of software engineer and former NASA programmer John McAfee, who gained financial success with his antivirus software, then ran into trouble with the law after selling his company and moving to Belize. And he's insane. His tweets are insane. Everything about him is insane. Yeah, I can't wait had, to see Keaton play this. He had this great tweet the other day about how everything he chugged a bottle of like one dollar wine and then chugged a <laughs> bottle of five hundred dollar wine. He's like, the one dollar <laughs> wine's better, and then followed it up with like everything cheaper is better. Um, you know the the bad wine's the best. The uh, cheap cigars are the best. McDonald's is better than great <laughs> filet mignon and all the. Taiwan or uh, Thailand <laughs> prostitutes are way the best and they only cost ten dollars. It was like, <laughs> oh, was like, cool. Oh, I don't okay. know where you stand, bro. Good, good. Yes. Right. Uh, it's quite the <laughs> the divergence there. I like it. But <laughs> did we talk yeah. about um just maybe the last thing we talk about, did we ever talk about the cancelled Roger Ailes movie with John Lithgow as Roger yeah, Ailes? Yeah. I don't think it's cancelled anymore. I think it's or it's moved or something. Yeah, it's it, moved. Was canceled, it was cancelled. It was going to be with Annapurna, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's... Yeah, that was the issue. Um, with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's on... It's for There's sale, also a Roger Ailes Showtime miniseries, which mm-hmm. I think would probably be a better way to go. Yeah. And that's based off the really great Roger Ailes book. I don't, the movie's not. Okay. Um, but the but the show is based off Loudest Voice in the Room, which if you're interested in, in like either political or modern media culture, I could not recommend that book higher. It's incredibly interesting. Like... That's one of the best books I read last year. So I'm I'm in on this as a project. It's more interesting than you would think, but I don't know about the movie. Mm. They were going to have, or are still going to have, Charlize play Megyn Kelly, and that seems like pretty good casting. Yep. In the in blackface though, and I don't agree with that. <laughs> I don't, a little too soon. Yeah. yeah, I thought too soon. They're like, but she's from you know she's from Africa, and it's like that's still not cool, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Technicality. Yeah. Wow. I, I think I saw today that Megan Kelly got cut out of the Showtime series. So just don't uh, don't get involved with the Today Show if you want a career. That's the right. I know. Yeah. Or just your Hoda. Don't just, do. Yeah. I mean, or do, but don't act terribly. Right. That's another. Don't don't, right. lock don't say racist things or have. A, and, well, yeah. she was used to saying that kind of stuff on Fox News, and everyone was I know. Like, good with it. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Right. And at like ten in the morning too. Right. It's like yeah, we don't really want to like make old people scared at 10 a.m. Kind of want to eat, let them ease into their day. Um, I always thought a really funny, speaking of today's show, I sent this to Brian, but I don't know, not to you, Kent. If SNL had writers, um, if SNL had good writers, a funny sketch would be whatever the new guy is on, he's married to Lindsay's Arniak, and I always forget his name. He's really good, the new guy on the Today Show. But they give him, they give him, Carson Daly? (laughs) <laughs> no. um, Carson's they, great, by the way. Yeah, I know. I'm a so big Carson Daly like, fan. Like, Same. Like, the guy's a He pro. does not get enough credit for just being good at his job, you know? I know. No, I'm totally with you, man. Totally with you. Big Carson Daly guy. Anyway, um, they a great sketch would be, that, okay, welcome to today's show. 
we're going to give you uh, this office, and you slowly realize that it's uh, Craig Melvin. This is the gentleman's name. He's right. great. He's really good at his job. But uh, and you slowly realize he keeps accidentally like hitting buttons and stuff, and weird, creepy stuff keeps. It's basically like a saw movie of an office. <laughs> Because oh, you realize wow. it's Matt Lauer's old office, that would be a hilarious sketch. Yeah. And he's like, I dialed nine on the phone and now I'm locked at my desk. I don't know what to do. And they're that like, would Oh be, gosh, that okay. would be a great SNL bit. Yeah, they get <laughs> right? locked in the office and they're like, they have to. Somebody has to saw their something off, you know, or whatever to get out. <laughs> Walking down the hall at NBC, it's like, oh, whose office is? Oh, what? <laughs> oh, that's so. All right, well, uh, have fun talking El Royale, guys. Yeah, you will. I'm going to see it soon. Schedule hasn't worked out for me to see it yet. Hopefully, I see it and it makes it onto my top ten. Yeah, I'm excited for you to watch it. I think I think it's up your alley. So uh, you'll I think you'll you'll enjoy it when you get a big big Goddard guy. So yeah, hopefully it doesn't let me down. Well, Well, cool. We're going to take a little break and then uh, we're going to kick Kent off the show as we Mm -hmm. continually try to do. We'll welcome in a guest. That's that's the announcement. Spoiler. (laughs) Right. And we'll talk uh, bad times at the Oreo. We replaced Kent with Alexa. Perfect. Perfect. So stick around for that. All right. Well, we've kicked Kent out of not just this episode, but for good, I think, Richard. Uh, we'll no, I know. I killed him. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I knew I knew I should have been a little clearer when I said to take no, care of him. No, that guy is dead. So <laughs> you, took care, you said take care of him yeah. and you went. And, right. you, and I thought I understood what you meant. But yeah, no, he's super dead. <laughs> well. We'll figure out what to do with uh, mm-hmm. with J. Daniel Callis. But uh, anyway, we, we got rid of Kent. He's I'll, out. I'll watch. I'll take care of him. <laughs> All right, I good will. deal. Olive needs a buddy. I like it. Uh, so we got rid of Kent. We're welcoming in our good friend, Megan. Megan, how are you doing? Hi, good. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for being here. Megan is from the... Tell me the name of your podcast again. I want to make sure... On the Download. On the Download uh, podcast. Yes, we like that. We like that. So welcome. Megan's been on the show several times before, and I'm sure we'll be on several times again. Um, so she's filling in for Kent on the last minute tonight, and we really appreciate that. Um, Megan, I'm going to start with you. and let you get going on the on bad times at the El Royale, the Drew Goddard director, directed uh, thriller, horror movie sort of thing that uh, was very interesting. You saw this a while back, I think. You saw this at like a film festival or something, and I want to get your general thoughts and and all that good stuff, and then we'll we'll move into spoilers later. Yes, so I I really liked this movie, but I was, after I had seen the trailer at the beginning, or, you know, a while back, I was really excited for it because I thought I could really love it. Um, On paper, it has kind of everything that I like, and I was hoping it would be this year's, like, Baby Driver, which kind of came out of nowhere to me last year, so I was really excited about that. But um, And I think Drew Goddard is a really interesting filmmaker, and I was really looking forward to the trailer and had a lot of things I was interested in. Like, uh, you know, the singing was awesome, and I kind of like the aesthetic with the neon lights. And then uh, Chris Hemsworth um, as a cult leader. I mean, that's a draw for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're, we're all members and, of that cult, I think, actually, yes. in real life. <laughs> that's how really, I felt. <laughs> really, often. I was, I was like, oh, well, I mean, I understand how you could get pulled into this. Uh, <laughs> but... <laughs> 
I don't know how long I'd hang out, but I understand the immediate sure, feel. Sure. Um, We've all been there. That's um, fine. I think I ended up, I, like I said, I liked it. I didn't love it as much as I think I could have. Um, and you know, I don't want to get too deep into spoilers, but I think it kind of ended up being a little too much of a slow burn for me. And I was um, based on, you know, Cabin in the Woods. I think I might have just had some high expectations about where it was kind of going. Mm-hmm. That's that fair. Sense. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I, I'm in the same boat. I I thought this trailer, this is one of my three or four favorite trailers of the year. I thought it was just a fantastic mm-hmm. first glance and had all these elements that I was very excited about. And I love this cast. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't love cabin in the woods. I'm not a horror guy to begin with. And I, I, I really like the concept of that movie and what it was trying to do. I think it just was sold to me so hard before I actually saw it that I was, had just talked myself into this is going to be like the transcendent horror movie that is going to change my whole view on the genre and and it just didn't quite it did not do that for me but i like i love goddard's writing and i think he is we've talked about this before richard where i wish i could come think of a, a great example but there are directors and and writers and showrunners and stuff that um that will say i have said several times like man i'm i'm not sure that this is the thing but i feel like this guy or this girl at some point they're going to make like a transcendent, great, great movie. And Drew Goddard's one of those. Like he just, he's such a good writer. He's done exquisite work on TV. And then, you know, the script for the Martian is a great script and an excellent use of source material to, you know, uh, adapt that to, to the screen. So like, I feel like he is going to make a great, great, great movie at some point. And I really thought this was going to be it. I, it's not, I, I really like the movie. I'm going to get it a high grade. It's going to be something I think that's going to be worth considering at the end of the year for my, my personal top 10, but it's not like a shoe in top five great movie that I, that I was hoping it would be. And that the trailer kind of sold me on, uh, going in, but I love this cast and I love, mm-hmm. gosh, I love the setting and I love the usage of the cast, which is, you know, not always, a. it's not that anybody can assemble a great cast, but I think it's a lot easier to get a great cast than it is to get the great cast and then use them correctly and, and do the right stuff with them. And, I, and I'm very impressed with what he did here, but you're right, Megan. It's, it, there are some slow burn elements that don't necessarily work and it does kind of stretch in places. And there's, there's at least one storyline that I don't, I didn't really care about it wasn't very invested in and that that kind of took away from it since it is such a segmented um uh character by character sort of storytelling stand you know that that kind of let me slide away from the movie in in some places so really really dig it but i can't i can't say that i loved it and i'm a i'm slightly disappointed by that because i just gosh i thought this was going to be I thought this was going to be the movie for me uh, mm-hmm. this year based on that trailer. Um, so I saw this like three weeks ago. Uh, I know you saw it several several weeks ago too, Megan. Richard, give us your general thoughts. I think you probably have seen this more recently than either of us. But uh, yeah, what, I never saw it. it? <laughs> never saw it. Here to hang <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it's uh, it's. I saw it. Oh gosh. I don't know, eight or nine days ago, probably. Mm-hmm. So more recent than you, than, than, than you lot. Uh, um, but it was, it's same with you, Brian, kind of similar. It's like, this is a lot of people I'm interested in, you know, how I feel about 
a team Hemsworth. I'm pretty much in on, on him. We love to rush. Um, so he can do things outside of Thor, even though everything else has been terrible, but he was the best part of ghostbusters. So, that's <laughs> um, he got that, he's got that going for him. I'm not is, familiar with that movie. Are you talking about answer the call? Just to be clear, I want to make sure. Oh you're... yes. Okay. Obviously. Right. Good deal. Yep. Obviously. Cause he was like uh, negative two when ghostbusters came out. Just want to make sure we're, we're clear on that. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And, 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 Far, far in a far distant land. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It, it is that thing of like that's it, the 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 trailer was magnificent and and mesmerized, being in really unique and different. And you're going, okay, this is going to be uh, something that's that's really interesting. Um, and then you know, the movie comes out and it was really interesting. I mean, it, it lived up to, if, if it, if the trailer hadn't been an a triple plus, this movie lives up to a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it doesn't live up to that, that really interesting trailer. It's the, it's also the thing that some mystery, mysterious movies have where the mystery is more, inter- more interesting than the unveiling of said mystery. Sure. Um, mm-hmm. so it, it, it suffers from that a little bit too, but, but still a, a very good movie and, and something that's original. And like you said, Megan, I, I, you know, Goddard's got something really interesting going here and you're right as well, Brian, that, that he's going to make a really great film at some point. He definitely has all the tools of which to do so as a writer. And this movie, uh, the, the best thing about it as a, is it, it, it was, it was, uh, it was very well shot. So it kind of, mm-hmm. you know, um, it kind of brought everything brought everything in. So, um, yeah, no, I, I was, it's weird to think it was, <clears throat> it's something that if I'd never seen a trailer on it, um, I, I would be thrilled with it, but having seen that great trailer, I'm like disappointed, but that's not the right word. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. So. Sure. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, it, the setting is really cool. I, I like one of the things I like in the trailer is you're not totally sure what year this is in. Like you can kind of guess you think maybe it's, it's kind of old school, but I wasn't sure if I would have gone into the movie, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And then it was like 2018. I would have been like, yeah, okay, sure. It, I, I don't know. It kind of has a timeless feel to, to that trailer and leads you to, uh, kind of leaves you to guess what's, what's coming. And I, man, I like that. I like that a lot. But, uh, yeah, anyway, great, great trailer. And let's, let's go ahead and just go all in on, on spoilers at this point. Uh, bad times at the O Royale. If you haven't seen it yet, you can turn off now, come back for weekly recommends, but I would definitely say, uh, go see the movie, check it out. It's, it's worth seeing. And I think it's, I feel like it's worth seeing in a theater if you can get to before it's out, because it, it kind of has, it has cinematic feel to it. Um, that, I, I'm not sure is going to quite come across on on uh, on demand or DVD or whatever. But let's let's go full full spoilers here. Is there Megan? I'll start with you. Is there a storyline within this that you cared about more than the rest? Is there a storyline you weren't as interested in? What because it is told in um, individual I don't know narrative where you could jump from one character to the next, which I like. I like when yes. that's done. It's very cool. But anyway, one, one that jumped out at you is a, is a positive or one that you didn't care for. Yes. So I'm, I was interested at the beginning. I think kind of right off the bat, the two main ones are Jeff Bridges and then John Hamm. Mm-hmm. And I was all in on John Hamm at that point, just because 
he I love John Hamm. <laughs> yeah. He's doing the weirdest accent and kind of putting on kind of a crazy character. And I was like, okay, I gotta see where this goes. But then that storyline is cut pretty short. And then after that, I was <laughs> <laughs> I um I think I really liked um so Cynthia Revo, I think, is the singer. And yeah. so I really liked every time she was singing. And so there were a few scenes where she had some acapella singing. But other than that, I was less invested in the Bridges storyline. And I think that's because I knew that Dakota Johnson was going to be a part of the Hemsworth storyline. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I was, I was just like for the whole first half, I was like, I know that this is where that's headed. So mm-hmm. I kind of want to see how that comes in. Sure. That's fair. Richard, is there one of these that jumps out as, as more interesting to you or less interesting or all of them, but Dakota Johnson, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I was too, man. I'm in the same, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't, I don't like her, but I was, Oh, I, I like her. <laughs> I thought she was I thought she was good in this movie. I coming in, she was definitely the low spot for me as far as like my anticipation for the cast. So I thought she was good. I didn't really care about her storyline because you're you to your point, Megan, like I knew that she was connected to Hemsworth and I just Every minute with her on screen was like, okay, but when's Hemsworth getting here? Because that's my dude. I want it. And I'm really I was really looking forward to Hemsworth. I was great, spending a lot of time gosh, on that. I think it's a great, that, a great build to that character arriving without oh, yeah. without really. I don't know how to put that. It's definitely there's definitely pointer scenes, and you definitely know it's coming just based on the trailer. But kind of, I, I felt like Goddard did a really good job of of kind of just letting that i don't know there's like a natural build like you you could yeah. feel it of at some point this dude's showing up and things are going to get wild and that's and it wasn't awesome. very heavy-handed like yes. they didn't yes. have to kind of like really show overtly how kind of manipulative and creepy he was mm-hmm. i mean he definitely mm-hmm. was but you're just kind of as the audience know how charismatic he is <laughs> so you're like well this is going to be a nightmare sure <laughs> sure yeah, but I'm with you, Richard. I the that her storyline was not. I wasn't super invested when she was on screen as I was in in the rest. Um, RB, you and I, Megan, you as well. We're all we're all big John Hamm fans. I love when I love when John Hamm is in at his kind of um, grittiest and seediest in a way. Like I love mm-hmm. when he really digs into the darker aspects of his persona on his on-screen persona because he's just he's so good at it and he's menacing menacingly handsome and just i don't know like baby driver when he gets all drugged up and angry and stubbly and stuff is just i'm i'm all in so i like this richard surprise you a little when he he uh bites the bullet very early on i was a little yeah (laughs) a little bit then i was like kind of uh understanding why he wasn't marketed more in the movie. Like, oh, sure. got it. Right. When the marketing made sense. Cause he's kind of this ancillary person in the background of, of some of the trailers. And then you, and then it's, it's, it's made clear as to why. Sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, well done on that front. Um, I can't, I'm sorry. I can't remember which one of you said it. There is a little bit more of a, I think it was you, Richard. There's, there's kind of a mystery box element to this of like, wanting to discover why all these people are here, what their connection is, if they have a connection and how this place, this setting plays into all of their lives and how that's going to come to fruition. Did you feel like, 
um, and you kind of touched on this earlier, but go a little further. What did you feel like it answered the questions well, or was the question more interesting than the explanation? I guess for me, yeah, the question was far more interesting than the okay. than the explanation to me. Yeah, okay. for sure. I mean, this is one of those uh, movies where the the reveal was not nearly as exciting as the the setup and the reveal is fine the movie is mostly set up so it's a very enjoyable watch but i wasn't like thrilled beyond belief no okay um i think i was i'm kind of in the same boat i was not enthused about i I don't know by the time we actually got to the reveal on some of this stuff i wasn't i don't know that i was actually full on we're reviewing hunter killer right (laughs) (laughs) Then you find out they're in a submarine, and you're like, "What?" Oh, um, yeah. Spoiler it's alert! Mind-boggling. It's just <laughs> Shyamalan level stuff right there. But uh, <laughs> we 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 could have reviewed Hundred Killer this week. I just want to remind the listener that that was the movie that was on the schedule for for this week, and <laughs> and I I want to thank everybody for not making us do that. We really <laughs> really appreciate it. Because um, good gracious, what a what a beating. I talked about that, Richard, on our, I talked about that with our friends on, on uh, talk sport. Well, that was one of the movies that I had. Oh yeah. That I was assigned this week was, oh, was a hunter killer. <laughs> Just like, I don't know what to even say about this. Cause it's a Gerard Butler movie and you definitely know exactly what you're getting with the <laughs> Gerard Butler movie. Um, and it, it sure is. I'm sure 86% liked it on the audience score. Just want to put that out there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> problem is the electorate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's of the people who chose to see it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it was just Gerard Butler and his family. Um, and submarine enthusiasts, which I understand. Uh, I, I was, by the time we get to the answers of this whole thing, I I'm with you, Richard. I wasn't, I don't think I was even asking myself those questions anymore. I was fully just here for the characters themselves, and I didn't really care so much about the setting. I really, the setting is so cool in the outset. Once we kind of, you know, you, you get the, you see the cameras and the glass behind the, or the windows behind the mirror and things like that. Um, I felt like it was kind of fill in the blanks for me. Like, I was like, okay, I kind of know where this is headed and what we're yeah. doing with this part. So I, once s- you see Jerry Gergich, you know, he's probably going to ruin everything. <laughs> uh, I kind of figured <laughs> gross. Is your name actually Larry? Um, <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I, I, but I, I stopped asking those questions and was more, I think on your side, Megan, at that, at a certain point, it became less about, uh, answering the big unknowable questions and more about just like when's Hemsworth getting here and how bananas is this is this going to get? But I did feel like there was a maybe a this movie's two hours and twenty one minutes long and it should be two Way hours. Too long. Yeah, it should be two hours on the nose because there's a there's about a twenty minute stretch by the time you kind of have all the information you really need and there's. I mean, there's some connect the dots on your own that you can kind of put together just from having seen movies, you know, that you could know. All right. I I know I kind of know the bit with Jeff Bridges' character at this point. I kind of know where the Dakota Johnson, uh, Kaylee Spaney thing is going. Like, I, I know mm-hmm. these things. Let's get down to it now. And it's a little draggy 
in kind of the transition from the second act to the third act. Um, but once we get, once Hemsworth shows up and it, and it's, it goes all in, I was big time into that, that conclusion. Mm -hmm. I thought it was a, just a banging final act for, uh, for this movie. Yeah. I think about the kind of like mystery box thing that you mentioned, like for me, I don't know if it was because the movie was so long, but it felt like pretty early on, we had a good grasp on like why everyone was there and what brought everyone here Mm -hmm. and then how this hotel worked. And I feel like the big kind of like, I mean, almost like the last reveal of like why this person's there is the like manager, the Lewis Pullman character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, I haven't been wondering about him. <laughs> he sure, works there, sure, you know, yeah. like I just assume that's his job. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, how did this guy end up at this hotel? Like he's there to make money. <laughs> so right, right. I thought that was kind of a strange thing. Cause like, I mean, you know, one of the first people you find out about is John Hamm, who's, you know, kind of like a, undercover agent and then immediately after that i feel like we were like okay and then jeff bridges robbed a bank and i was like okay so and then dakota johnson has you know someone tied up i think we got it now <laughs> that's why everyone's here <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's kind of where i was at too it was a strange you know when you have when you have jeff bridges and you have john Hamm and chris hemsworth and dakota johnson if you're a dakota johnson fan that's that's a pretty stellar foursome and then Really, by the end of the movie, the main characters are are Lewis Pullman and uh, and Cynthia Arrivo, who was great. I loved her. I was mesmerized by her her scenes. And this is, I mean, literally, this is her first movie. She's going to be in Widows uh, in a couple weeks, which I'm I'm excited about. But she was fantastic, and I felt yeah, like she was amazing. Goodness, and and. I don't want to do the thing where we say, well, she was great, but she was, she was backed up really well. But I, I feel like it has to be said because we, we harp so much on, um, movies where the, that are written and directed by men. And then the female characters are just giving the female actors, excuse me, are given just nothing to work with. And the characters become very two dimensional and unenjoyable. And we harp on that a lot. So I feel like I have to go the opposite route and say, I think Goddard did an incredible job of writing for her and giving her scenes in which um, it's not just like giving her good dialogue. It's, it's really positioning her very, very well to be able to um, stay in scenes with Jeff Bridges, who is just Mm -hmm. an incredible guy to work off of one. I, I feel like one of the best in the history of the business of, just two people in a room, like who do you want to have across the table from you to work with? And that's, I feel like Jeff Bridges is, is, is very high on that list. So putting her that, and then the, um, the sequences in which she's singing are mm-hmm. so great. And they really give her, um, an opportunity to be, to have like true, genuine presence on screen. And that's gosh, that, that I think that, helps I, I would guess knowing kind of her, some of her background i feel like that probably helps her um kind of get footing within this movie and then prepares the audience for her to be just a you know just a presence throughout and i gosh i loved her i thought she was she's fantastic yeah i think those two were such a fun pair together mm-hmm. and the, like my favorite scene by far is definitely when she's singing you can't hurry love and he's ripping up the floorboards every yes. time she claps yes. like that's that was the best i was like oh i could watch this for two hours mm-hmm. yeah no question no question arby um 
either of those the newcomers jump out at you as the as you know the big pull away from this um yeah go ahead Kaylee Spaney's great and uh I forgot her yeah Kaylee Spaney I really enjoyed she's she's got a lot of stuff coming up as well um but I you know this movie's very reliant on uh on Lewis Pullman (laughs) you know that that you know it's and uh so that was like with this all-star cast, you're like, Oh, okay. He's wow. He's in a lot of this. Um, but I mean, obviously Manny Jacinto, uh, you know, the Bortles God, <laughs> I think really brought it home for me between him and Jerry Gergich. Sure. It's perfect. That's, yeah. that's the main thing we were looking for in this mm-hmm. movie. I feel like as well. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing in those Bortles references in this seemed to be <laughs> place, but let's stand by it. No, I thought the young cast was great, but it's just, it's confusing when you have this huge, I, I mean, I like it on a lot of casts, but there's these huge presences and you're watching them really hold their own. And that's, that's awesome. But it's like not always as advertised as the, I just feel like the trailers for this set up something very different than what it was. And what it was, was very good. Just very mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. Um, but I, yeah, I could, I could watch, I could definitely have watched a whole movie of just, um, Jeff Bridges and and Cynthia Revo. I thought they had really good chemistry and and the characters the characters sung. I don't mean saying that's a bad. They uh, <laughs> sorry. I was they, bummed though her um her like acapella versions of those songs. There's not on the soundtrack. Oh, I like looked sucks. on Spotify. I was like, that seems Gosh. like a missed opportunity. <laughs> yeah, definitely agree there. Her first. I don't remember the title of the song anymore because it's been a month since I've seen this movie. But uh, her first song was dynamite Gosh. when so when john ham's spying i think it's yeah. uh, like this whole heart of mine yeah yeah, yeah gosh so good she was good yeah that should be on the soundtrack that, that's a bummer that yeah. it's uh that it's not i would have honestly liked a little more of the jeff bridges background i i'm i love heists and bank robberies and especially this era of of bank robbery i just i don't know there's something very cool about that and the the whole hide it in the floor and meet up later thing i i'm a sucker for that kind of story and all the uh the scenes the imagery that goes with that i could have probably used a little more of that and a little i don't know I just, even less i just think they tipped hand. their hand on that so early like yeah and then yeah. i'd seen the clip in the trailer when he has the mask on and the money's flying so mm-hmm. i was kind of waiting for that like extended scene but you only really see sure the last cut of that so i was like oh okay the the opening scene with Offerman burying the money in the, in the floorboards is, um, it's kind of Cohen-y it's, it's, it's calling your shot and, and then swinging for the fences. And I'm not sure that that quite, I think you're right, man. It kind of, t- it, it tipped the hand a little bit and it, I don't know. It, it was a, it was an odd placement. I, in the moment I loved it. I was super into it. Um, yeah. Coming I think out afterwards. Sense like, that was like the main thing, but sure, the second sure. half is so Hemsworth that you're sure. kind of like that. It, it seems like two kind of different things going on there. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Um, let's, okay. Let's, let's just jump ahead and get into to Hemsworth time here as we do every week here at mad about movies <laughs> podcast. Um, Number one, he's great. I, <laughs> Meg, I don't know how far, far back your, um, <laughs> I don't know how far back your love for Hemsworth goes. I know for for you and me, Richard, it's it's long. We've been we've been on the Hemsworth train for a very long time. Mm. I'm always 
I'm so thrilled <laughs> when he does a movie like this. And Thor Ragonk was kind of the same thing where I, the first time I saw that guy, which I think was the Star Trek movie with, with Pine, mm-hmm. I was just like, that dude, mm-hmm. that dude is a movie star. We don't make movie stars anymore, but freaking Australia does. Cause that guy's a movie star and I want to buy all of the stock in his career. And then he just had a really odd post Thor pre Ragonk was just kind of not even just up and down was just kind of bad. He did just some odd choices and I was bummed. And then Ragonk re- redeemed that. I feel like, and, and this, this was another example where I was just he's like, so great I was right. Rush, I was, yeah. Rush. I forgot. I forgot about rush. Uh, anyway, rush, he's, he's arguably like his best overall performance. Yeah. Something like that. Totally agree. Great, but this was like a reminder of like, yes, that dude, that dude is the is the movie star that uh, that we thought that we thought that he was Richard when he when he comes on screen you just you're like yep here we go this is my guy this is what I this is what I was expecting um, from him ten years ago or whatever he's he's just so good uh, Megan what's your uh, what's your background <laughs> with 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 Hemsworth and um, how how did that meet your expectation we've talked a lot about expectation here was that sequence when he finally pops up is that what you wanted it to be. Okay, so I will admit I probably haven't been as strong on the Hemsworth train as others. I think because it's so easy to compare the Chris's, and I've been a, a big time Chris Pine fan for a long time. So, um, but I, like I said, I really liked Cabin in the Woods, and there was kind of a time around that era where, I mean, I wasn't as much into the first two Thors. Um, there was a while where he was in like those huntsman movies I didn't really see. And uh, like <laughs> in the heart of the sea, I remember a friend seeing and saying, it's fine that you don't have to see that. Uh, <laughs> so, but um, I was really looking forward to this. And I think, like you said, from Ragnarok, I'm not going to say we're gone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely the- don't even know that it is Ragnarok anymore. <laughs> like it's, it's just, that's, that's fair. Ragnarok, You're so in the bit. I apologize. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I've been, kind of reevaluating. <laughs> <laughs> um and so I was just so looking forward to this and you know you get some quick clips of him but the second he shows up in the rain at the hotel and he's just kind of like like you know that it's all about like it's about to go down and he's just like smiling and he's like just so thrilled to be here mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I was just I was like oh yes this is it it's time I'm ready <laughs> you can do no wrong <laughs> and then when he's dancing it's like way too long of a clip and I was like more more yeah. <laughs> he's insane yeah uh, I was reading about this I, I read an, an interview with Goddard I think in Hollywood Reporter when this opened in I don't know, one of the film festivals, TIFF maybe. Uh, And he talked about, he talked a lot about getting this cast, number one, and getting them to work at significantly less than what they typically get, just rate-wise. Because his selling point to Ham and Bridges and and the rest was, we got to do this under under budget, which they did. This is a very low-budget effort considering everything that uh, is at play here. Uh, But his, 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 thinking process on that was like if we get this done at a, at a low cost and keep it under budget they'll let us do kind of whatever we want to do and uh yeah 32 million dollars was the budget on this whole thing so we got all these these actors uh to come in significantly beneath what they typically get and I, which was great i think that's that's very interesting um uh, but he talked about that scene where <laughs> where he's doing the dance and that is a that's one take that's a one-off uh 
you know, read the script, come back. I, I, I believe he said in the script, it just says like, whatever the character's name is. I'm just going to call him Chris Hemsworth. It's like Billy Lee, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Billy Lee. Yeah. Billy Lee dances is what it says in the script. <laughs> and Hemsworth's like, I don't really know what you want me to do here. And, uh, Goddard said, he just said, you know, come, come back tomorrow, ready to go. <laughs> and he just did that. And which is incredible. Mesmerizing. It's, he's so, look, the thing is, he's beautiful. He's beautiful. He's just a, <laughs> He looks like Thor. He's just a gorgeous mm-hmm. human specimen. He's this character is very menacing and dangerous and deadly, and he's using that uh, that beauty mm-hmm. as his. That's what he's selling. Is that siren song? Kind yeah, of exactly, thing, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that's what <laughs> you know. That's what makes him uh, part of what makes him you know dangerous. And he carries that so well. And that scene, you're right, Meg. I saw your tweet about this, Megan, before I saw the movie. Well, before I saw the movie. <laughs> And, um, and I think you were spot on. Cause it just was like this scene. It's, it feels like it's four and a half minutes of him dancing yeah. and that's <laughs> way too long, but it's very oddly satisfying. I don't know. It just fit the moment and it's very confusing and, um, distressing in a lot of ways. And yeah, gosh, it's and, really stressful. <laughs> yeah. And it just kind of sums up his whole, um, his whole bit. I mean, the whole character and the persona and everything. And it's just, gosh, it's so, it's so cool. But yeah. That's a, that's a one take just did this thing. And, and, and I think afterwards Hemsworth was like, uh, what, you know, what the crap did I just do? I, I don't know. And Goddard was like, no, that's it, man. That's what we're, perfect. that's what we're going with here. Uh, yeah, Richard, did you guys see, yeah, go ahead, uh, no, a quick question. Did you guys see Mandy this year? I have not. I'm not a Nicholas, I'm not a Nicholas Cage guy. Richard, have you, have you seen this yet? No, not yet. Okay, so there's like a cult leader in Mandy, and I remember being like, this guy's a loser. Like, who would ever join that cult? And then I saw this, and I'm like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this this is... Uh, if Chris Hemsworth started a cult tomorrow, I, I'm not saying I'd join, but I'd... I'd get the brochure at least. Yeah, I'd um, read the literature. <laughs> All right, <laughs> right, cool. right. This makes sense. Yeah, I can. I can see yeah. it. I understand. So is this space oriented or sex oriented? I don't <laughs> care. I just need to know which one it is. <laughs> I want to prepare appropriately. Yeah. <laughs> um, Richard, that last scene uh, the, was the build up worth it for you when when we finally get Billy Lee walking in and all that comes out of that? Did you feel like that uh, brought things together, or did it kind of again yeah. leave things hanging I mean, it a little was, bit? It, it, nothing, no, the resolution did not leave anything hanging for me. Um, it was just like, oh, all right, that's how it ends. You know what I mean? Okay. I wasn't like, I wasn't left wanting, but it was just, I the build was so cool. I'm, I'm sitting there, kind of rubbing my hands, going, oh, this might be really awesome. However, this ends, and then it was just like, it was very good how it ended, which is fine. That's yeah. acceptable. Sure, I'll tolerate. It very good but it wasn't yeah but it, it all came together fine for me okay what about you yeah i know i loved i loved the the final sequence i the only stuff the only elements that i wasn't super enthused about is we, we kind of touched on it but like um you know the lewis pullman character is interesting in a super side character kind of way but it's yeah, it was a, a lot of- yeah exactly if it <laughs> felt like goddard cared more about that character than i did and so pushing him to the forefront at the end was, um, was a choice. I don't know that I would not say that it was necessarily the wrong choice, but that was the, I wasn't so invested in that, that, um, character that I needed him to be 
you know, sort of the savior in some ways. And the yeah. the tape thing, I thought that, that was a cool plot point and a cool MacGuffin, um, and and making it uh, ambiguous as to what exactly was on the tape, I thought was. I mean, I, you know, you can you can take an educated guess, um, but it, I thought it was kind of cool. But I, it felt like there was a little more focus on that than the movie had really built for me. And I, I don't know that it took anything away from it, but it was just like every sequence, every scene that was just talking about this tape or featuring uh, the the bellhop was kind of like, well, but Jeff Bridges is right there, and Chris Hemsworth dancing, mm-hmm. and I could <laughs> kind of get back to to those things. Um, but I love, I did, I just overall, I love the entire sequence and the, the set building or world building almost that went into bringing that to fruition and having, um, the, uh, the Rose character just being a complete nut job behind the sequence, you know, kind of in the background was, was fun and gave mm-hmm. a little bit of creepy ambiance when that was already a, a pretty heavy player in, in the scene. And I thought, uh, I thought the kind of the back and forth between Hemsworth and Bridges, and then when they bring in uh, Cynthia Erivo's character into that, their back and forth was a was incredible acting on all three of their parts, but but was um, very touching in a way that I didn't expect. Like the relationship between Bridges and, and Revo really comes to a head in the, in those moments. And mm-hmm. there's real, I don't know, there's real, uh, gravitas and power in the three of them just kind of going back and forth with, with, I think very, very well-written dialogue, um, that, that brought the, that scene to a head for me quite well. Yeah. And you totally buy it from Bridges. Like, he's just so great because you're like, we've only seen, I mean, like in theory, they've only been together for a few hours, you know, Mm. but, you know, we know it's been a crazy few hours and he, but he really does like, I'm like, in this moment, he's bringing it, like (sighs) you said. He'll phone him in on you, but when he brings it, there's, there's not many people better than, Mm -hmm. than. Mm-hmm. Mr. Bridges, but he will, especially RIPD. That's <laughs> it's funny. Um, he, he kind of, in some ways when he did crazy heart, um, I guess it was Iron Man was really before that was before that. So maybe it was that, but that was such a revelation to me because I kind I'll be honest I kind of have forgotten because of you know how old we are I'd kind of forgotten Jeff Bridges when Crazy Heart came out because he just he didn't really do a whole lot between Lebowski and I guess Iron Man and and even I don't know Lebowski to maybe I don't know, maybe the Fisher King, you know, like he had, he's, he's been in this business for so, so long and done so much great work, but he kind of missed our generation when we were, when you and I, Richard, at least were, um, teenagers and like kind of forming our film, I don't know, understandings and whatnot. And then besides Lebowski, obviously, and then crazy heart is just such a huge reminder of like, Oh dude, Jeff Bridges is incredible. Like I kind of just didn't, know that or had forgotten it or whatever and then what we've seen over the last few years with uh true grid and and hell or high water and this and stuff he's gosh he's just so good and he's so so good to work off of i i think that truly i think that might be his greatest yeah. skill is just what a 
what a perfect acting partner he is um, when he's, you know, when you're in the, a scene with them or in the room with them. Mm-hmm. It's just outstanding. Um, anyway, I look, I thought the, I thought I loved the ending. I thought it really brought everything together. I, I'm really brought the room together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally in a pile. Um, no, I, I thought maybe the stroke of genius for Goddard, at least on the writing directing standpoint was, and uh, the kind of the way in which we built to Chris Hemsworth showing up without really, really, really pointing at it or making it obvious mm-hmm. and being, you know, over the top and heavy handed with it. That's that's mm-hmm. awesome. To, but you to, totally knew it was coming. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, and that's partly the trailer again. But I think it's I think it's the story writing kind of yeah. leads you to that. And, and I always love when a when a writer director uh, trust the audience to be smart. I, le- I mm-hmm. love that. And it's something that doesn't get done, um, enough for me, but, uh, but, but love that. thought it was really fun. Little, little ups and downs here and there, but, but overall, um, I thought it was a very, very good movie that, um, I think will be fun to rewatch. I don't know that it's going to be like, I watch this twice a year type movie, but, two or three or four years down the road, this is going to pop up on HBO or something. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that again. And I, I think I'll, um, very much enjoy it again. It's, it's got some, some rewatchability to it. Yeah. I kind of want to rewatch it just because I feel like, especially with the Lewis Pullman stuff, I wasn't really paying attention to him in the beginning. Sure. So when there was kind of that reveal, I was like, well, that seems convenient. But then after the fact, I was like, well, there's all this stuff like kind of pointing to him having, you know, a past that you were just ignoring. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I probably need to double check me on that. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. Uh, any closing thoughts from y'all or do y'all want to jump to grades here? Sick grades for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. RB lead us off. I'm going to go with a solid B plus really enjoyed it. Like you said, Brian, it may get better with a rewatch and I'm excited for that. Um, but just first experience to a solid B plus there's a little downtime. It's too long. Um, which is my complaint on all movies because I'm a 90 year old man, but, uh, <laughs> but I still, but I still enjoyed most of it in about 85 to 89 percent of it. So that's B plus seems fitting. Megan, what about you? I'll go a minus because I think the next time I watch it, I'll enjoy it more because I won't have the kind of looming aspect of my expectations over it. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I think it's going to be an a minus. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go a minus and and a a fairly, a fairly high a minus. I really enjoyed the storytelling. Uh, Gosh, I love this cast. Love when Hemsworth, the set design is awesome. We didn't talk Mm -hmm. enough about the, the camera work. Really, really cool use of, uh, the camera and the colors and the contrast and stuff. And uh, the two way mirrors are so fun. There's yeah. So yeah. To do totally. Totally. But I feel like this is a great example too on the camera side of things of, and this, I would, this is what I wish Kent was here to talk about more than anything else. Cause he, he really gets this stuff better than I do, but it, it's, this is like a, this is a very good example of you can, sh- you can make a dark movie with dark themes and, camera uh uh you know colors and and contrast that match that without it just being bland and blank and 
so dark that you can't see what's going on, you know, which I just feel like is, I don't know, like every movie these days feels like I'm going to, I'm going to be the old man now, Richard, and go these days, but uh, it's, just my too, corner, <laughs> it's, too, my it's just too, it's just too, uh, too common to like, well, we're doing a, you know, the themes are very dark and gritty. So we've got to make sure that, uh, no one will be able to see what's happening on screen. We're going to have to make sure that it's very gray and dark and, fitting that and this was a i love the the color pops and the use of the the neon and times and the the jukebox and things like that i think that gosh that's that's a, that may be the the best stroke of of uh of goddard's just direction here is not making it so bland and it's in its contrast but uh but really good stuff all, all around and and uh i think we'll be i think would is a movie people should go out and see it. it didn't make a lot of money i don't know that it's ever gonna make a lot of money but go out and see it and uh, check it out because I, I think it's uh, I think it's worth talking about, enjoyable, and and might might have a place on back end of of top ten lists at uh, at the end of the year. So good grades from us, pretty much all around. Um, let's let's step over to the other side of the Mad About Movies Lounge mm. and do some weekly recommends. Weekly recommends. All right, Megan, you are our guest, so you get to lead us off. What is your weekly recommend? Okay, so I was trying to decide between a few, but I settled on. So um, recently there was, in like 2016, I think, a short film called Thunder Road. And so oh, it's yeah. by Jim Cummings. And yeah. I was obsessed song with the of all short. Time. Oh, my yeah. gosh. It's a great song. And yeah. the I've, it's kind of that short has kind of taken over that song for me too oh, yeah. in a way where i'm not I a really... beauty but hey i'm all right <laughs> oh my gosh it kills me it's so funny but it's also like so sad mm-hmm. like i've watched it and i've cracked up and i've also watched it and just like been completely ruined for this man which and the premise is he's uh delivering a eulogy to his mother and he just kind of has a full mental breakdown that involves a choreographed song and dance to bruce springsteen's thunder road <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, just recently, I think um, the like full version, he managed to kind of um, pull together and it's an indie film, but it's on, I think, like iTunes and stuff. And so he did a full movie based on this like character and premise. And he's the writer and star. And he used to be on like college humor and has kind of gone into doing some weird stuff. And it's just like very much my humor. And I love all of it. Nice. That's my recommend. Very nice. Watch the short and the full thing. Yeah, and the song, man. What a classic! <laughs> yeah, and just listen to the song. I'm sure no one's ever and heard the burned of that. out and burned <laughs> out frames of burned out Chevrolet is one of the greatest <laughs> poetic lyric lines of of rock and roll. And you know, I wrote I think, a, I, I, think I wrote Bruce Springsteen really needs like the exposure. You know, like, <laughs> is anyone yeah. listening yeah. to that guy? Little indie band. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, that's good. The the East Street Indies. I wrote a paper in college on Thunder Road. It was the best paper I ever wrote. I I had an English. Really? Yeah, I had a perfect. We were reading. I was reading some English class, and we were talking about. Uh, this is actually really funny. Uh, just cool happenstance. I, it was this some play, some like William Inge play, and I was and he's going through it. And I raised my hand. And I was like, "It's this is basically the plot of Thunder Road because it's like, dude, <laughs> dude comes in, has a cool car." picks up girl and says let's blow out of this crappy town and and build a life together which is by the way also the plot of every bruce springsteen song it's still yes, about 1982 you forgot to count which is, it it's a great though. plot That's the problem yeah it's you the same plot to rosary <laughs> yeah <laughs> 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 that was the paper um so anyway, I said, this plays 
the guy was like, the professor was like, wow, it is. <laughs> and then he was, he asked me to stay after class. And, and he goes, I can't tell you a story. He goes, when I was in high school, it was 1974 or something. And I was in Buffalo, New York. And Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band uh, came to town on their, their tour. They started their summer tour in Buffalo, New York. And I went and saw them. And uh, they were really good. It's a really good show. I really enjoyed it. And then, I, and then the whole summer passed, and I went to college, and I went to college at UCLA. So I moved across the country from Buffalo, New York, to, to Westwood, to LA. And I uh, was starting class, and it was now September. And uh, a bunch of my friends said, we're going to go see this band called Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. They're now in LA, working their way across the country, you know, like you used to have to do. And he goes, oh, yeah, I saw them in Buffalo in May. They were really good. They were good. I'll go see them with you guys again. And he goes, and I went and saw them, and they were the best band in the world. He was like, somewhere in that summer, <laughs> like, one of those cool stories where they yeah. like they figured it out over those three months. He got to see both ends of it. He goes, you should write a paper about this play in Thunder Road. And I, <laughs> it was all right. And he gave you like uh, 140 out of 100. Always <laughs> <laughs> cater to the that guy with the yeah. Bruce stuff. Yeah. Always going to win. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> Great recommend. That's been, I've seen that, uh, making the rounds on the old movie sphere, blogosphere. So I'm, I'm excited. I'll check that. I'll definitely check that out. Uh, Richard, what's your recommend besides, th- besides Thunder Road, the song? Yeah. And manifest. It's always, <laughs> right. um, standing rec- manifest, but I'm going to go on Netflix. There's a, it's the weirdest thing ever. And every headline's great. Cause I'm everyone so made excited for this man. Gosh, <laughs> every joke is so good. It is, it is, is Adam Sandler funny again. And, uh, it's Adam Sandler, hundred percent fresh, his new standup special. And if you grew up on Adam Sandler comedy CDs, not the movies, CDs, Stan and Judy's kid. And what the heck happened to me? And all, uh, all that's what's my name. Um, it's basically a visual version of these CDs. It's super foul and it's super immature, but it's super self-aware. It's basically like a MacGruber stand-up special. <laughs> um, and also at the end, you will cry. I cried at the end of it. So you're, yeah, Megan's talking. Uh, he does a tribute to uh, to someone. I won't even spoil. Nice. Two tributes okay. in a row. Both are equally um, really, really sweet in a way that, you know, Sandler's good at two things really as an actor. And it's like uh, being angry and being tender. And, uh, it, those two things, uh, quite, and then you add in the humor and it's, it's funny and sweet and all that, but it's a really, it's kind of Brian, it's like a Bo Burnham special. It kind of in, reinvents the form in a weird way. Nice. Um, and it's super, it's shot very interestingly and, uh, and it's really stupid in parts and, but it's like when Sandler was smart about being stupid instead of being don't mess with the Zohan stupid, you know? And, uh, it's a great special. I was like, it's the shock of the year. It's one of my favorite things I've watched all year. And, uh, and I'm right in the wheelhouse cause I'm the right age for all that. So maybe it's a lot of it's nostalgia for super crass 13 year old comedy. And, and that, that may be true, but I, I, uh, I've watched it because I read like two good reviews ready to t- turn it off at about five 30 in the morning. And, I turned it on and was like, I'm going to watch five minutes of this and get two giggles out. And I w- watched it all the way through and I almost missed work at seven o'clock in the morning because I was, so <laughs> yeah, it's great. Awesome. I'm excited to, uh, I may go watch that later. We, Richard, I don't think we've ever talked about it on the air, but we've off the air. We've talked multiple times about just those CDs and how, or those albums and how every, Every at least every male, and I don't mean to be sexist at all, but I know every male our age listened to those albums 
over and over and <laughs> over again. I, I listened to What the Heck Happened to Me. I guarantee I listened to that as a, <laughs> as a, a preteen and teenager, whenever that came out, more than any yeah any music, any cd that yeah. came out during <laughs> during like the peak of cds i guarantee i listened to that more yeah. than any and There's maybe all of them combined it's just like all the time I wrote for vice or vox or something i sent it to you brian i had a great line that was like uh i haven't thought about adam sandler in 15 years as a relevant cultural <laughs> figure but i remember where i was the first time I heard the buffoon sketch more than I remember where I was during nine <laughs> eleven. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's incredible. So I, I may, I may, if I get, ch- I may go back and watch that tonight. Cause I, I would love, we have said so many, so many times in the show, I would love for Adam Sandler to be good and relevant and funny again. And I would I wish that upon him. So I'm excited to watch this. Um, my recommend is a, an album, in a band that uh, Kit actually recommended on the School of Rock throwback episode that we did a few mm-hmm. weeks ago. We were talking about the state of rock and roll and music and all that stuff and really fun conversation to, to have with you guys. And uh, I kind of said, like, I don't feel like there is rock and roll anymore. I don't even yeah. know what to, to you know, what and band. And he recommended a little band called Forever the Six. <laughs> yeah, and they're awesome. Uh, just... <laughs> Them and LMFAO <laughs> is the only two things he's ever... No, but Kit well, both, both bands <laughs> both, feature Kent. Yeah, they're both his bands. I really hope that he can patch things up with Red Foo eventually. That's, that's my goal. <laughs> nah, dude. Sexual assault is sexual assault, dude. There's no... <laughs> um, but he recommended a band to me called Pine Grove. He recommended another band, a couple others as well, but this was the one that um, I started listening to the next day, and I was like, oh, this is solid. I, I'm enjoying this. And then I found myself the next day being like, I think I want to listen to that again. And three or four days had gone by and I downloaded the music and um, just super in. So the, the band is Pine Grove. The album that I really have been jamming to, which is a very antiquated old thing to say, but the album that I have been very much enjoying is called Cardinal. It's a short. Uh, Cardinal's like, the best one. It's oh. so good. It's like eight <laughs> it's songs so long, <laughs> little, little short uh, EP or I guess a short LP really, but it's so good. And as two of the best rock and roll songs that I've heard um, in years. And so I think this album came out like two or three years ago, so it's not new. They have a third album that just came out. I haven't checked out yet. Uh, again, b- band is Pine Grove. The album is Cardinal. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I've, I've listened to it over and over and over again. And, and uh, I need to, I need to personally thank Kent with a hug as I am known to do. Uh, but I, yeah, definitely <laughs> check that out. It's, it's very, when- very good. When Cardinal came out, I had a friend who wanted to go see them live and they were playing like a few towns over and I'd never heard them and we drove and that's all we listened to on the way there. And by the time I got to the show, I'm like, I am the biggest fan. I'm buying a t-shirt. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I, I, man, it's, you, it's really same good. Same thing happened with Brian and I with, uh, <laughs> Sam Smith. Right. <laughs> how dare you um god I hate sam smith that's for another that's for another time regardless uh if you are into if you ha- are like me and have missed the rock and the roll um this is i i gosh i love it it's it's very non-traditional rock and roll but very very good and i i'm enjoying it quite a bit so check that out and and if you've uh heard the third album already let me know and i'm i'm, I'm excited to to get into that soon uh so those are our weekly recommends thank you so much for listening yeah skylight thank you thank you so much for listening to this episode um 
We will be back next week, I believe, with Bohemian Rhapsody, so get ready for that. Um, but Richard, if I was mm-hmm. looking for you on the internet, where might yeah. I find you? You can find me uh, at Richard Barden on all the social media. You can find me at the Bad About Movies podcast newsletter, which will be out in November. We've got a special issue coming, and we, you can find me on the VIP feed, where we have a VIP briefing coming out this week. If you're a VIP, look out for that in your inbox. Uh, Brian, where can I find you? You can find me on the Twitter at BGill12. You can find my writing as well at madaboutmoviespodcast.com and the aforementioned Mad About Movies Podcast newsletter. Uh, you can find our show on all the social medias. You can find us on Facebook by searching Mad About Movies. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Mad About Movies. You can find us on Instagram at Mad About Movies Podcast. Please follow us and join in the conversation at all those places. And if you give us a good review on yeah, the iTunes, we need we need those old iTunes reviews. We're going to push that hard soon to all you people um, to uh, to make that happen. But yeah, if you like what you've heard, subscribe and then uh, give us a, give us a rating. And if you really like what you've heard, uh, you mentioned it, Richard, but you can find us. Our VIP feed at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. You can sign up there for as little as a dollar a week for all kinds of throwbacks and bonus content and fun conversations that we have over at our Patreon. Can I give a tip to the listener? Yeah, of Uh, course. If you're going to be a VIP, but you're like, look, uh, I don't, it's not in my budget to be a VIP all year because it's like money that I want to spend on, I don't know, fireworks and, uh, MD 2020 or something. Uh, but if you're going to be, so you're like, let's say you got three months of VIP budget in you do it now, do it as we go up to Oscar season. Cause these are going to be a lot of good throwbacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of good bonus content will throw up a lot of good stuff. So if you're not going to be a year long VIP, we get it, man. There's a ton of stuff to spend money on this world. Don't spend it always on us. Uh, we obviously appreciate those of you that stay with us all year, but if you're going to just lock in for a few months, this is the time to do it. Cause the shows, this feed and the VIP feed are about to get lit. Yeah. Things are about to take off for us in some ways too. So you want to, you want to be there. I think, um, Megan, where can we find you? Yes, so I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd at SpellMegan. And then I also have a website at MeganSpell.com. And so the, our podcast is on that website as well. And I tweet about it a lot. Dope. Thank you so much. And Megan will be in our newsletter this month as well. She's contributed a few times, and she's going to be back this week – or this month, excuse me, this coming month. I'm excited about that as well. Uh, again, thank you so much for listening, and uh, tune in to that VIP page. And, uh, yeah. Really appreciate you guys being here. Uh, Until next time, we will see you at the cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. (laughs) But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya-ya. Your salads and scrambled eggs.